Welcome to the Big Ten in Action episode of the Red Shirt Walk On Podcast. Is that our name? Yeah, that sounds about accurate. <laughs> All right, uh, we've had a lot of contention about what the name was going to be for the longest time, so uh, I'm still kind of getting used to it. Also, because you know iTunes still doesn't have us up yet. Um, one day. Yeah, one day. Uh, so. If you already heard our ACC and American conference, uh, this time we're going to do the Big Ten and the Maction. Kind of feels right. All the teams relatively in that same area in in middle America. And half the Mac is just transfers from the Big Ten anyways. That's true. Outside of Kent State's quarterback, or I think he was an Auburn transfer. Um, Kent State plays Auburn this year. Probably going to be a bloodbath. Ooh. Um, no, that's going to be a great game. Much like last week's episode, we'll kind of go through Heisman contenders, talking points, projected standings, um, key games for the season for both conferences. Probably won't spend a lot of time on the MAC, I'd assume. Uh, probably a lot more time on the Big Ten, so let's kick it right on in, in the gear here. Um, join with fellow co-host Nicholas Gibble. Weird. Weird. Not, I'm not Nicholas. <laughs> you are today. Right. Why does it say on your birth certificate? I guess that makes me sound smarter if we go by my full name, but well, you need all the help, help you can get. <laughs> and our good friend Jake here, smarter than you, Gibble, Nicholas. Yeah. Fair. And these two dumbos are both Ohio State fans, so get yes, ready. For, get ready for tons and tons of crap. Uh, and all Michigan not. fans probably turn off now. Um, Anyway, we'll get right into it, as we did last week. Heisman contenders in the Big Ten. A few obvious ones that stand out here. Number one on my list, Shea Magic, Shea Patterson from the University of Michigan. I think he takes another step forward under uh, Harbaugh. He took uh, a step back last year. He took a step forward. take another three steps back this year. <laughs> the only people that are going to take three steps back is Ohio State and Ryan Day. False. Uh, also, obviously, Justin Fields has to be in here because Ohio State's quarterback situation in the last few years has always been pretty good. Uh, former five-star quarterback. Uh, I say pump the brakes a little bit until we see him on the field. Uh, but, I mean, otherwise, uh, I can kind of understand. The talent's there. We didn't see him a ton in passing situations. He very much was in a Tate Martell situation in Georgia, which is kind of ironic when they did the old double switch there. Um, Jonathan Taylor, tailback from Wisconsin, who is a beast. Yeah, he's okay. He does he does well for himself. <laughs> Typical Wisconsin running back, just eats up the yards, uh, does very well, helps support a Pasty white quarterback, um, you know, typical Wisconsin things that'll happen this year. So mad Hornibrook is on that team this year. It's sad. I like I said last week for the ACC episode. I just Hornibrook just doesn't seem like the type of guy that should be playing for Florida State. No, like he's no. the perfect Wisconsin quarterback. He's a lefty. He's doesn't throw very well. <laughs> uh, Got a weird name. Yeah, I mean, just all around perfect for Wisconsin. But now they move on to Jack Cohn, who I think was the starting quarterback when they murdered my Hurricanes in the bowl game last year. Um, also, Ohio State killer I have on here, Rondale Moore. Um, kind of just have him listed here as all-purpose because he does everything. He's electric. He's going to be a guy that if Purdue can get to eight or nine wins maybe, like – you know, there's a possibility there that 
he he could get a New York invitation at least. It's going to take a lot for Purdue to, this year to get him actually winning, but he does do everything for that team. I think he you know returns kicks and all that, wide receiver, running back, uh, a little bit of everything. And uh, one of the big dark horses coming out of the Big Ten this year. Second year under Scott Frost, Adrian Martinez. Uh, he was pretty good last year. I think he threw for about 65% um, decent touchdown interception ratio and a bad season for Nebraska. They kind of picked everything back up as the season went on, but um, definitely a dark horse there in Nebraska. What do you guys think on the Heisman front in the Big Ten? Well, uh, I think Drew Christman going to win it for, as a punter. Oh, okay. Heisman punter. Please leave. <laughs> There's I the door. The, I know our viewers can't look. notice the door, but I will walk you to this door right now. We uh, Don't make me dog walk, Gibble. <laughs> we are very pro the brand here uh, when it comes to special teams. <laughs> and he will likely probably get a red guy, uh, be on the red guy list there at the end of the, se- at the, end of the season. But get out of here with that baloney <laughs> punter. Okay, for somebody who actually has a chance... Um, I've got a couple people, uh, Dark Horses. Uh, Hunter Johnson, uh, Northwestern. I mean, he was a former five-star who lost to Trevor Lawrence, which if you lose the battle of Trevor Lawrence, this doesn't mean you're bad. You're no, he still... lost it to Kelly Bryant. Oh, okay. He lost it two years ago. He sat out all last year in Northwestern when he transferred. Gotcha. Um, lost to still, Kelly Bryant. So. Kelly Bryant, still a really good quarterback. Um, and this will be probably the best quarterback that's ever entered at Northwestern. We'll see how he developed. But coming out of high school, the talent was there already. I mean, he was a five-star quarterback. Northwestern never gets anything usually above three and a half stars. It is a big get. I don't know a ton about him outside of, you know, like you said, he's very prominent coming out of high school, top recruit um, for Clemson. But yeah, I mean, this is a huge get for them. Um, and he could elevate them to a whole nother level. They've been pretty good defensively the last few years. The running game is always a, a big thing for them. But we'll see. Another one I have is probably because he's still running against us is Anthony McFarland, good old Booger McFarland's son. Anthony McFarland had like 150 yards in the first quarter against Ohio State last year. Isn't he actually not his son? I thought he was definitely his son. I think there was some like Gibble Google. I think there was some I I forget. I heard on another podcast that like they thought he was his son, but he isn't. Maybe Confirm not. whether his Anthony McFarland is his son or not. Either way, uh, against Ohio State, he showed out last Why year. Why did you use a computer? Because typing is loud. <laughs> You're Apparently, you don't know how to type quietly. Anyways, all you gotta do is not slap the the keys. I mean, it's not a my keyboard's loud, man. Shut up. Anyways. Uh, I think he could be a key cog for Maryland this year, especially with Loxley being there. Um, they're definitely going to lean on him a lot this year. I mean, he's only a sophomore. He was good last year. He he ran for a lot in that Maryland-Ohio State game. That It was like 250 yards. That Ohio State really should have lost if their quarterback Maryland's had hit the open guy. I don't know. Knew how to throw the football, but... Yeah, I mean, that that could be one. And, and they also got Josh Jackson from Virginia Tech, who um, for a while there looked like the next big Virginia Tech quarterback. Um, and then things just kind of fizzled out for him there. And now he's over at uh, Maryland. So that will also help their offense quite a bit. I don't know how their defense is over there, but they're probably going to have to score points in, in that subdivision within their conference. Uh, Gibble, you look like you have an answer for us. Confirmed not the son of Booker. Oh, darn. <laughs> 
Darn, yeah, definitely yeah. thought he was. Uh, but he averaged 7.9 yards per carry last year, 1,034 yards as a freshman. So if he doesn't go into that sophomore slump, definitely a guy who could make some noise. Um, I mean, they're He'll schedule. be an impact player. I believe he was a three, high, high three or four-star prospect coming out a few years ago, I think. Four, I um, believe. If I remember correctly, Miami was, was one of his final schools. So I remember the name quite a bit going into last season. They don't really have any key non-conference games. I mean, they play, we'll get into it a little bit, but no game where he can really put on a show like how you know they played Texas last two years. They don't really have that kind of a key non-conference game where he could put his name out early. It's being probably more towards the end of the season where he'd have to show out against one of the big Big Ten teams, one of the major players in the Big Ten at least. Makes sense. Gilbo, before all this, it looked like you had something you wanted to say, and I fear it's going to be done if, if you say it. No, I mean, I only had one other, uh, like, Heisman dark horse, and that would be K.J. Hamler, because he's only going to, or he's going to probably have to carry the entire Penn State offense. That's true. We'll we'll get into that in a little bit later, but Penn State's one of those teams that I've seen projections anywhere from six wins to, you know, eight or nine wins. Um, Because they're going to be an interesting story to watch as the season goes on, but... Uh, so there's a couple stud defensive linemen. Do you think there's any chance ever a defensive lineman could win the Heisman? Like, or how many sacks do you think they need to have? Because you got you're gonna need a down season for quarterbacks, um, primarily. I think that's the biggest thing. Because your four guys that are listed as the first, uh, preseason first team with H A A J E Penensa, Yitzhak Grossmatos, Kenny Willikies. I can't, I can't never say last name. And Chase Young, those are four guys that are easily all going in the first round next year. Yeah, I think there's so many things that play into it. It's it's going to have to be a monster year, like we saw with you know Sue out of Nebraska, um, just a, a disruptive force. And on top of that, you're going to have to have down years for quarterbacks. Like you're not going to be able to have you know a Kyler or two of these season from last no. year um, and going against that because that'll always go to the quarterback. Um, I think you need at least 18 sacks to put yourself in that conversation at the defensive end. I mean, you're looking at I, – I think you are you need at least to average a sack a game um, on top of, you know, probably double that, triple that in the amount of, you know, tackles for losses in total. Um, it's going to take a, a lot, but you're also not even going to have that, but you're going to have to have tape where it's, like, clear that, um, you know, when they watch you play, like – you are a big deal going into it. And I think, like, if if we would have gotten to ever see Ed Oliver on a bigger stage than Houston, he would have been a guy that was that could have um, maybe gotten and then became a finalist or whatever for it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's going to take some, some player like that that is just unreal defensively in order to get back in, especially a defensive lineman. Um so, we can all agree wide receivers aren't going to win the Heisman out of the Big Ten. Out of any conference, it's not going to come from the Big Ten as a wide receiver. Probably not. I mean, Unless you're Rondale Moore. You, yeah. That's the only exception because yeah. he's all-purpose. He does have literally do Yeah, anything. and that's the thing. It's going to be, have to be a guy like that. You brought up Hamler, who also returns kicks yeah. and stuff like that. He is a dynamic kick returner. So, I mean, they're, it, it's going to have to be somebody like that. We saw it with you know, Woodson. um and stuff long ago at cornerback and stuff too. So 
It varies, but the the current offenses that are being run right now in college football, it's going to be very hard for a defensive lineman to to get in there. You know, we're not running basic ISOs anymore. Every team and stuff, you got these spread options, high powered attacks and stuff. So it's going to be difficult for any defensive player to really make a mark in in the Heisman running moving forward, at least until things kind of equal out. But if any conference is going to do it, it's probably going to be the Big Ten in their noon Maryland-Iowa games that are 10-3 to or whatever. Um, With Beth Mellings announcing it on ESPN2. Nothing better for a hangover. I mean, <laughs> just, just great stuff all around. Um, if that's all you guys got for Heisman's, why don't we move into uh, some key talking points here for the Big Ten going in. Um, I'll get us started. <laughs> Somebody's got to defend Michigan this podcast, and it's going to be me. And I don't really want to hear you guys' answer on this, but can they finally break through for nope. a Big Ten title game appearance? They've struggled. They've Obviously, as Ohio State fans, you guys know, constantly losing to Ohio State, usually get tripped up by Michigan State. Uh, just have not been able to get to that Big Ten championship and, and kind of finally break through. Um, they've been consistently very good, um, even with true Heisman candidates like John O'Corn at quarterback. Good old Can Corn, our favorite quarterback in history. Definitely the best quarterback to ever come through Michigan. <laughs> Can't no, John, no, John, no. Can't believe, I mean, it's just... I'm not even a Michigan fan, and that guy breaks my heart. Like <laughs> He was the most NFL-ready quarterback, according to himself. <laughs> and he's not even on a, on a training camp. Um, it's going to be tough, and I think it also always, this is going to rely heavily on one of my other talking points about Ohio State and will they like maybe take a small step back in their transition to a new head coach and you know a new quarterback that hasn't been in the system. Um and stuff in the past year. I think it's there for them. I still like a lot of the team. They they lost Devin Bush. That's a, a big loss. They lost Rashawn Gary, who never lived up to that hype as a number, like, number one overall prospect coming out or whatever he was. So I'm going to say yes. Um, I think they can, and I think if they're going to do it, it's probably going to be this year or else Harbaugh could be gone. It, it'd be hard for me to envision them canning him if he wins ten games. But um, I mean, to I guess what well, I guess second. what are the Ohio State fans in the room? What is their opinion on Michigan? I really love Harbaugh there because we uh, we just keep beating him every year, and that's that's just a really fun tradition. I'm a fan. Okay, so in a more non-biased opinion. I think this actually could be the year they get to Indianapolis, mainly because I kind of answered the other one about is there a step back. I think Ohio State goes 10-2 and two this year. I and unless they both, and there's a tiebreaker. Yeah, I mean, well, that's the thing. Like, it's hard to say. Like, Ryan Day obviously went 3-0 last year at the interim when Urban was uh, suspended or whatever they can call that. And he only had one real game in there. And, and only one real test that was TCU who by season's end we found out wasn't typical TCU either I think they ended up going like 6-6 six and six. Um, and that was also a tough game for most of it uh, Ohio State kind of ran away at, in the second half with it but so I don't think we have a true test and like 
like I had mentioned, I mean, Justin Fields, we just don't know. Obviously, the talent's there, but will things get pieced together? Uh, how will the offense run when all their wide receivers left last year? Just about. Um, at least their top ones. Um, so, I mean, we'll kind of see what ends up happening with them. But if Michigan's going to win and break through that ceiling, this has to be the year or else I don't know when they're going to do it. They have a tricky schedule this year, though, um, because they really don't have any long stretch of quote-unquote easy games. I mean, just running through it, like week two, they play Army. Army is one of those teams that's being looked at as potentially going to a New Year's Six Bowl this year. They went off week. They played Wisconsin, at Wisconsin on the West, at Camp Randall. But they say it's a noon game already, so that helps them a little bit. Rutgers, Iowa, but they got Iowa at home, at Illinois. So that's your easiest stretch between Rutgers, Iowa, Illinois. And then you go Penn State, Notre Dame, Maryland, off Michigan State, Indiana, Ohio State to end the year. So they really don't go more than two weeks, really, without having a semi a tough opponent who's going to give them at least a challenge in the first half. Yeah, um, and, and it is tricky. Uh, we don't really know what Penn State's going to be like this year, but, I mean, that series has been, you know, the home team has won the last three. Penn State and, announced and it's a whiteout already, so it's going to be a night game. Yeah, so, I mean, you have that, and then, you know, are you looking – Forward to Notre Dame the, the week after that. Um, it's true. Even it is at home, but they did lose to Notre Dame last season. So, um, a little revenge factor be... in there with the rivalry game. They going on a revenge tour again? No. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> There's one game that they have to, well, I guess two games they have to, yeah. to revenge for. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of my, my thoughts on Michigan there. Um, we'll kind of move around here. I think they're um, – I, I don't see them losing more than two games in their twelve in the first 12 games. I, I think they were – and that's the thing. I think they retain enough. That, Peoples Jones is still there. You know, you bring back Patterson. They have the best receiving core um, in the Big Ten. Yeah, I mean, they, they have good receivers there. Uh, you know, offensive line got better as the season progressed last year. Defense again. They lose Gary and Bush, but outside of that, they retain a lot, I believe, on the defensive side, um, including one of their key cornerbacks. I cannot remember his name. Um, Lavert Hill. That's yeah, Lavert Hill. And they bring back Khalil Hudson, which who was really good last year. And like I said, Don Peoples Jones, Nico Collins, and Tariq Black. Those are the that's the best core of receivers in the Big Ten. Yeah, the the talent's there now. Yeah, I mean, Will Harbaugh kind of get on it. Um, we'll stay in the state of Michigan. Um, Michigan State had an unusually bad year last year. Um, there was a point in the season where it kind of felt like maybe they don't even make a bowl game. Uh, they ended up reaching one. I think they lost to Oregon. Um, do we think they rebounded off from that 7-6 record last, last year? Yeah. Uh, Will D'Antonio kind of get them back on track? Um, moving forward, what's your thoughts, Gibble? I think they do rebound. I think they brought back a lot of talent. Um, the The only question is Brian Lewerke and Rocky Lombardi, because well, Rocky Lombardi, neither first of, of all, don't disrespect. He's kind of a great name. Don't best name in college, it arguably the best football name. Ever. Yeah, I mean, if you were doing a Mark Madness bracket with ultimate football guy names, like Rocky Lombardi is a 
first seed, a number one seed. Oh, he's sure. got that playing game too. Oh yeah, I mean he's that is a name right there. Uh, now, granted, might have to dock some points because it's not a quarterback name. Uh, it is definitely he should be playing linebacker. He for should him. be a linebacker. Uh, I don't know his size, but D'Antonio should probably look into moving him to said position. Um, yeah, I, th- I think their their schedule also helps them out. Aside from they have a, a stretch in the middle of Ohio at Ohio State, at Wisconsin, and then host Penn State. So that's aside from that, the rest of their schedule is relatively easier. Um, their non conference game against Arizona State is probably their biggest. They lost to them last year. Yeah, um, but I think I think they they should do. They should definitely do better. Um, they're projected to get eight eight wins. I could see them doing a little bit better than that, but um, yeah. If they can figure out how to move the ball any bit of somewhat of consistency, they'll they'll get eight wins. Um, I think they lose some combination for sure of Ohio State, Wisconsin, Penn State, Michigan. There's four games, but I could see them pulling out one or two of those games because. They had Penn State numbers, Penn State's number recently. They so beat I can them see on them the road last year too, and they got them at home this year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I, I agree with that. And last year they were unusually bad running the ball, and I think that was a a, a big thing that kind of hurt them. I think injuries um, plagued them last year too. Yeah, I mean they've traditionally been your typical, you know, Big Ten team that. Pounds it on the ground. Quarterback, you know, makes a few plays here and there, and they come out with a victory or, or whatnot. And they play everybody tough. But yeah, I mean, that wasn't there for them last year. It kind of showed through. So if they can get the running game back on track, I think they'll be okay. Um, but if not, you're looking probably another like six and six, seven and five season at best. Anything else on Michigan State? Brian Lewerke was so bad at the end of last year. I'm really curious if he improved a little bit from he where he was at the end of last year. He did also have a shoulder injury in the game against Penn State. So after yeah. that, he wasn't playing great. He wasn't um, playing at 100%. Yeah. Uh, and Antonio is from the football school that Jim Trestle taught, so punting is one of his favorite things in the world. So, Well, it's a Big Ten team. you got to have punters. Gotta love probably going to punt six times a game. They were very for the brand up north. Do we need to add uh, Jake Hartberger to the Heisman punter campaign? I'm going to punch you. Um, sure, let's throw it in there. I like the last name. What was that? Hartberger? Hartberger. Wow. That's... Hartberger, actually. No, I don't like that as much. <laughs> Hartber- He's Hartberger to me forever now. Okay, Hartburn. <laughs> yes, Hart- Hartburn indeed. Um, so I'm kind of just going to let you guys take the reins on this. Uh, the only questions I have for Ohio State... We already kind of touched on it. Um, can they stay the course under Ryan Day taking over? Um, and will Justin Fields live up to the the, this, the massive hype that kind of surrounds him? Yeah, well, since I know more than you, I'll let you start, and then I'll clean up all your mistakes. Thanks. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Um, I mean, you. we returned a lot of great wide receivers. Uh, K.J. Hill, Austin Mack, Ben Victor. Great player against uh, Chris Olave, uh, Penn State. Yeah, Chris Olave. He's going to be a breakout player this year. Um, J.K. Dobbins still in the backfield should be a pretty great weapon for Ohio State this year. Um, Justin Fields is the real question mark on the offense because you don't know how he's going to actually turn out. 
Um, he is a dual threat, so he should be pretty good. Um, defensively, we brought back Chase Young, so that's going to be great because um, he's just an absolute animal. Um, the issue that we have in our schedule is in the middle of it, we've got Nebraska, which we're going to, so naturally that's going to be a loss. Um, For sure. Michigan State right after, then Northwestern in a Friday night game, and then Wisconsin right after that. Um, and then we end the season with Penn State at home and then at Michigan. So our schedule does not help us this year. So I agree with Jake, and we're probably going to end up 10-2, and two, um, which wouldn't be too disappointing, uh, especially in this transition into a new coach. The other major question on the offense is the offensive line. They only return one true starter. Um, they are Munford left tackle. A couple of the other guys have experience on there. They brought in a grad transfer from Rutgers, who was an all-Big Ten starting guard. And then everything from center to right tackle was a question mark um, of who's going to win the job. So this whole right side could be brand-new starters, so with a brand-new quarterback, which can cause issues. Uh, and the linebacker play was atrociously bad, but they essentially got rid of every defensive coach except for Larry Johnson last year. Well, and, that's because all their linebackers, you know, head to the NFL and now all play on the Miami Dolphins. So that's true. You're welcome. <laughs> that is true. They two thirds of the Miami Dolphins starting linebackers are from Ohio State, but our middle linebacker's name is Tough. He's tough. Uh, tough Borland. Yeah, he's still there. Yeah, he's one of those guys that I feel like I've seen play for eight years now. He's <laughs> only a redshirt junior. Jesus, he's got two more years of eligibility. Two more I'm watching him. He's on the JT Barrett track. Oh, God. <laughs> the other plus in defense is uh, we uh, poached two nice coaches out of Michigan, Al Washington and uh, Greg Mattins- Madison. So that's always a perk to just steal from Michigan. That's fair. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think you guys touched on it pretty well. <laughs> um We'll see. I mean, I think Fields lives up to the hype. Uh, I do think there's probably like two two losses in there. Um, where they come, don't know. Probably that Nebraska game because you guys go on these road trips to small Big Ten state. Well, I guess Nebraska's not really Nebraska's small, got a but big state. it's like a hundred thousand people there. In comparison to like. I guess I should say like not in big communities like Nebraska, it's the middle of a cornfield or whatever. Like fact. You know, if you build so if you build it, they will come sort of situation. <laughs> uh, I read somewhere that uh when Nebraska hosts football games it becomes the largest city in the state. I have read that. <laughs> and that doesn't that, that doesn't really surprise me. Um but obviously you guys went to them playing Iowa two years ago and they got their ass kicked. Went to see them play Purdue last year. They got their ass kicked. So Oof. Nebraska feels like a shoe-in loss more early in the oh, year. Oh, pencil that in. Uh, pencil yeah. that bad boy in already. Especially, like, Scott Frost season two, there's a lot of hype behind this, and they did get a lot better down the stretch. Um, it's going to be spooky. Yeah, it's going to be a spooky game. Uh, and I could see them losing there. I think they'll probably maybe lose to Michigan at the season's end. No, they'll lose a combination no, no, no. of Northwestern, Northwestern, Michigan State, Maryland, Wisconsin, one of those weird games. No, I, I, I'm my money's I, on Northwestern just I, because it's that Friday, Friday night, night is game. spooky. Yeah, 
Spooky game. Okay, well, I'm going to stick with my projection. <laughs> Michigan they, won't beat Ohio uh, State, and I'm not going to predict it until they actually do beat us. Every year, I come over to your house, Jake. I watch the game. I root for Michigan as... Not and how does that work for you? And it never works out. I've watched John cream a corn and cream the, the ball right into you know, Ohio State defender's hands as if he never saw a Michigan uniform in his life. Um, it's always heartbreak year after year. And, and I'm not even a Michigan fan, so I can only imagine how it feels for them. Um, although I do sort of know because Miami had that long stretch of being shitty against Florida State. So um, I'll predict those are the two losses that they have. And uh, we'll see where I have them later on in the projected standings. Could be third or fourth. Who knows? Spooky. Very spooky. Uh, spooky to think about for you guys, I'm sure. Um, talking about Nebraska, the Scott Frost season two, mentioned in the Heisman contenders, Adrian Martinez, um, as a possibility. He uh, kind of ramped up towards uh, the end of the season last year. Um, this will be interesting. Frost didn't have a lot to work with in season one outside of Martinez, and a lot of that is you know, Mike Riley kind of fumbled the ball there towards the end of his tenure. Uh, he was a dumb hire to begin with. Uh, I'm not really sure. What never made that. sense. Never did. Um, Let's fire Bo Pelini and go for the very average Oregon State coach. It just it it was never meant to be. Um, so we move into season two now. Frost has some more players uh, ready to go. Uh, his system's now implemented after a season. What do we think, uh, Nebraska? Season 200 Frost is going to end up looking like. Their schedule is very favorable this year. They do not get too many of the big boys from the East. Like, they don't have uh, Michigan, they don't have Penn State, and they don't have Michigan State. The only one that they have is Ohio State, and they get them at home. And they got Maryland, too. They got, yeah. They On got, the road. And Indiana. They drew Ohio State, Maryland, and Indiana from the East. So, they got a very favorable schedule. Um, and overall, their non-conference schedule is a joke. They got South Alabama, Colorado, and Northern Illinois. Colorado is a traditional rival game, so I'll give them that. Yeah. But Colorado is not going to be that good, I don't think. So I think their schedule sets up for them to be dangerous and definitely gives them a real shot to win the West this year. Especially if Adrian Martinez progresses like everybody is expecting him to. You know, J.D. Spielman has been pretty solid at wide receiver for them. So it wouldn't shock me at all if they go out there and win the West this year. Yeah, I'm pretty much, I, I pretty much agree with all of that. I have J.D. Spillman. Uh, he's going to probably pass 1,000 receiving yards this year. Um, he was close last year. Um, but Stanley Morgan Jr. was their number one. So I think Spielman comes into that role uh, and should have a pretty solid year. Um, defense got some decent experience back. Um, and... Like we were saying, their their schedule's pretty easy aside from Ohio State and Northwestern back to back. Um, so that's probably like, going to be their toughest stretch of the year. I love their running back's name last year, Divine Azigbo. Forgot about that. Um, <laughs> Just love saying the word Azigbo. Oh, Zigbo. Um, it's a shame he's not there this year. <laughs> I wonder if he actually ended up getting drafted or not. Gibble research. Anyways, we'll move on. Let us know if Divine Ozigbo got drafted at some point. 
And the last one I have written down, and uh, the last major one, you mentioned him in the Heisman thing, Hunter Johnson, um, how much can he elevate Northwestern in the West, the Big Ten West? Um, You know, former top prospect quarterback coming out, lost Kelly Bryant at Clemson, opted to transfer, had to set out a full year, because, you know, transfer rules in college football don't make any sense. Um, Never have, never will. Yeah, um, so now he finally gets to go to Northwestern, probably their most talented quarterback, um, at least in recent memory, maybe ever, to be honest with you. I can't remember them ever really getting a high four, five-star quarterback. Um, you got an answer, Gibble. Uh, he went undrafted, but he is on the New Orleans Saints roster. That okay, sounds so. like a New Orleans Saints player. Yeah, and then he's somehow going to come out and have like 120 yards against a random team this year because Kamara's not going to be able to play sometime. Guaranteed. Yeah, sounds about right. Anyways, I think Northwestern, they'll be interesting this year because um, they start off the year at Stanford, which going that far west is always tough. Um, they've got a pretty tough draw. It's an alarm clock game. For... check. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, they got a pretty tough draw from the East, getting Michigan State, um, Ohio State, and then uh, who's their other? Oh, Indiana. So that one isn't as tough. But getting Michigan State and Ohio State from the East is tough, to say the least. Um, I think Hunter Johnson's going to be good. I don't know if he's going to be as good as Clayton Thorson was towards the end of last year, though. As you know, Clayton, you lose a senior in Clayton Thorson. I think Hunter Johnson might need a year to really get into that move. It will be interesting. I think my main thing that I'm curious about is I don't know if Northwestern had much in terms of coaching change. Um, I know, obviously, Fitzgerald stuck around after um, talking to, I guess, the Packers or whoever. Um, But, I mean, he, Hunter Johnson, obviously, had to sit out all last year, so I'm, I'm interested to see if he picks it up in game right away uh, he's gotten used to the system he had time to kind of sit on it um, as opposed to a guy like Fields who comes in and has you know uh, one off season to kind of work off of it so um, I'll be interested to see if you know when they head out to Stanford for week one if he just is right then and there ready to go yeah it looks like they're replacing a good amount of their offensive line which when you have a new quarterback, you would like to have a somewhat veteran offensive line in there to help them as well. You got nothing, Gibble? I got nothing for Northwestern. All right. Uh, we should call him our intern. He basically <laughs> is. Um, <laughs> intern Gibble. I don't really have anything else for any other teams. Anything else you guys want to touch on from across the Big Ten here? Will Rutgers win a game? Will Rutgers win a a game or a Big Ten game? Because I think they'll probably think beat either. UMass. UMass is really bad. They lost their one really good player, the little white dude, Andy Isabella, who was on my fantasy team last year. <laughs> Someone I know went to school with him in high school. <laughs> they he, knew who he, he was. He was like a second. He was the – so the Dolphins, when they traded for Josh Rosen, I'm pretty sure the pick they used, the Cardinals got for him, is the one they used for Andy Isabella. Um, like they second played. or third round pick. Rutgers plays math, UMass and Liberty. They'll probably win both of those, honestly. Probably. I don't. I, mean, I keep forgetting Liberty's like a team. D one now or whatever. Like, 
Um, what are your thoughts on James Franklin in Penn State this year? Oh, I did skip that. I actually did have that. They are very intriguing because, I mean, McSorley's been the best quarterback they've had in decades, and now he's gone um, a lot better than Sackenberg. Um, Sackenberg. They lose. They lost Saquon going in the last year. Miles Sanders stepped up big time. He was a former, I think, five-star recruit. Um, and he was really good. Um, he really helped out. So you lose that one-two punch. Um, I believe Ricky Slade is the new starting running back there, at least on a projected depth chart. And That's I, a he was a, he was I think a, he was a five-star as well. Yeah, he was a pretty high high prospect. So if he can step up, I think they'll be all right. Um, I think it definitely showed last year. Um, losing their offensive coordinator from the season prior kind of hurt a little bit, and they did take a step back. Quarterback situation is going to be weird. Um, I know the guy who was potentially going to be the starter transferred. I don't remember where to. Mississippi State. That was Tyler Stevens. Tommy Stevens. Tommy, Tommy Stevens. Well, that makes sense. That's where the offensive coordinator ended up going. Um, I mean, they're, it's going to be interesting. Their receivers, I think, like led the nation or something and like dropped passes last year. One of them transferred to Oregon or something. They, they lost like Out 15 West. kids in transfers last this past year. Yeah, a lot of guys hit the transfer, uh, hit the free agency market. At least transfer portal. portal, free agency market. Go whatever portal. You call it. Yeah, portal. Um, Praise portal. Praise portal. I mean, the portals, as a Miami fan, I'll tell you, the portal's fucking fantastic. <laughs> Love it. Got like 10 guys from it this year. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it uh, it's going to be interesting to see their defense started the season. They were awful against Appalachian State. Um, got better as the season went on. Uh, they lose one of their top cornerbacks to the draft. Um, they still have that standout defensive end that I'm not even going to attempt to, his name. Gross Matos, is it? I think it's Eter Eter Gross Matos. Yeah. So they have a stud defensive lineman there. Uh, I mean, there. It's going to be interesting because I've seen projections from like Ryan Leaf, who is now uh, ESPN college football contributor. ESPN's um, picking up so many dudes right now. Yeah, shout out Pat McAfee. Can't wait for Thursday night football games on that uh, with him in the booth. Um, but yeah, they've. I hope Pat McAfee calls games. action somehow. That's the dream. Uh, that would be nice. Can't wait to get some action here. Uh, so, yeah. <sighs> Penn State, it's going to be interesting. I don't think they go 6-6. Six and six. I think they're better than that, and I think Franklin's gotten enough talent. He's a very good recruiter. I'll give him that. I don't think he's a super good coach. I don't think he's a guy that's going to get you into the playoffs um, from what we've seen. Um, so it's hard to say. I think they'll probably go eight, eight, maybe nine wins. Uh, losses, I think, probably to Michigan and Ohio State, at least within that conference. They always struggle at Iowa, too, and they have at Iowa again. Yeah, that's another one. Michigan State, they struggle against. They'll probably I'd expect them to beat Pitt, uh, Idaho in week one. Their non-conference schedule is a joke. Um, <laughs> always as, is. As it usually is. I mean, and no offense to you guys, but usually the Big Ten out-of-conference schedules are not that strong. They started um, to get a little bit better, but they're really still well. Like it's like up. Ohio State, like it's TCU, and then TCU like has their one shitty season. So <laughs> we don't like, get TCU on the year that they go ten wins. We get TCU they go six wins. Yeah, so I mean, granted, some of the things don't work out, but like you have Idaho Pitt, who's been average if that's for the last like ten. I don't years think Idaho's 
FBS anymore. I think they dropped down. I did. I thought they disbanded the football team. <laughs> <laughs> they probably should, honestly. I forget that they're even like on NCAA football when I first start and I pick like a one-star school to build up, which right now is New Mexico for some reason. Who? I pass by Idaho. I'm like, no, fuck, screw them. Like, and they they play in a weird little potato dome or whatever. Like, <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, potato dome. anyway, they have them. I think they have Buffalo. Um, At Maryland will be a spooky game. It's a Friday night. Why do you keep using the word spooky for all of these? The only, thing, the only thing spooky about the Big Ten is noon games between in the middle of middle of. I mean, that was also spooky. None of these have been like, Halloween games either, so I don't know how it's relevant. That's true. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think they could probably get the nine wins, uh, depending on the quarterback play. That's really where it's going to be. Slate will probably be pretty good. They've you know had good running backs in recent years. Uh, They're tight end. Pat so I'll say nice things, even though we're like an anti Penn State podcast. Pat Fryermuth is probably going to be one of, if not the best tight end in the Big Ten, and he's going to be one of the best in the country. What because a name! What is it, Fryermuth? Fryermuth. He sounds like a guy that would have been playing against like our, you know, hometown E Town Bears when we went to see him in high school. Like probably Fryermuth, like Dakota Royer. Sounds like a middle of Pennsylvania, you know. Linebacker. He probably that, is from something like that. What about you, Gibble? What do you think about Penn State? Um, well, I just hope they lose every game. That'd be wonderful. That's the dream. <laughs> Would be nice but, to see him lose to Idaho, but he's from Massachusetts. That sort of makes sense too, I guess. Uh, aside from that, I think they have a lot of losable games. Uh, so we're just gonna we're gonna keep hoping for that. Um, <laughs> Micah Parsons is another standout player on the uh, defense. I completely forgot that he was there, too. He, he is didn't fun. even start last year, but led the defense uh, with 83 tackles. So Yeah, he. I mean, he is a stud. I mean, I'll give him yeah. that. Um, yeah, I mean, their defense got better once guys kind of got more into positions um, as the season went on. So if that defense can carry over in this year, I think they'll be fine. Again, um, it's a lot of it where they end up falling, you know, 10 – Ten wins to six wins is probably going to rely on how good their quarterback plays because um, McSorley was good for him for the last couple of years. Took it down here last year a little bit, but let it fly, McSorley. Um, yeah, I mean, what a great guy. Um, mm. That's all I have for them. I want to get double back and go to Rutgers real fast. I never thought I would hear that phrase in my no, life. We got to talk about right. We got to be fair podcast, you know, fair and balanced. Um, I do think they win two games. They'll probably beat UMass and whatever. Liberty, that's the other one. Um, I, do they play Illinois this year? If they get Illinois, maybe they could beat Illinois. They go to Illinois. Uh, never mind. They won't. They, they're not a chance Rutgers wins a road game anytime this century. Um, <laughs> Illinois dropped 38 on them last year. How many did Rutgers score? 17. Yeah, never mind. Now is that Rutgers? Yeah. They got closer to beating Indiana than they did to Illinois. Yikes. Okay, never mind. They also only lost Northwestern by three. Rutgers should... Rutgers would probably be a much better program if all their players just drank white claw on the sidelines. (laughs) Kansas fired their coach and Kansas dropped 55 on Rutgers. Well, it's a good thing they don't play them again. Do they play Kansas again this year? No, no. They get UMass, Boston College, and Liberty. Bummer. 
Wes Miles isn't going to get to taste that Piscataway <laughs> New Jersey grass. <laughs> oh. Yeah, so Rutgers, if you're listening to this, any of the players, maybe just devote, get rid of the Gatorade on the sideline, drink some White Claws, <laughs> lay back, relax. Ain't no laws when you're drinking Claws. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Go and tell the referee that when he throws a penalty <laughs> for, for holding on your team. I would honestly pay to see somebody do that. <laughs> why not Why not Rutgers? Um, that's it's okay for meaningless anyways. That should be their slogan this year. Why not Rutgers? <laughs> Um, so that's all I really have for talking points. Any other teams you guys want to touch on? And there's a few like I didn't really bring up, but there was a ton that I really wanted to speak on. Iowa, do they have another great tight end or three? Probably. Yes. <laughs> like, it's Iowa. They absolutely ridiculous that that team had two first round tight two tight ends going to the top like twelve. Like who does that? <laughs> does Iowa row the boat? Uh, PJ Flag take a step forward and. Make himself a competitor. I don't think there's enough talent, or I think everybody else in that slide, Nebraska, uh, I I think Wisconsin is about the same, but I think Nebraska and Northwestern, Purdue, all kind of take a step forward with their additions um, going forward. I don't think Minnesota really added anything this offseason, so I I think they'll probably sit around that six wins, uh, maybe a Shade under, uh, so I don't. It's hard to really say how good that team is going to end up being going forward, but they do have a great quarterback and uh, quarterback name and Zach Anikstad. That dude was a walk on too. Yeah, I mean that's Wisconsin's got a tough schedule because they drew Michigan, Ohio State, and Michigan State from the East. Oof. So that will potentially uh, hurt their chances to win because unfortunately Big Ten standings don't really matter if you play the East or the West. It just matters on what your conference record is. Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of a bummer. Just couldn't draw Maryland, Indiana and Rutgers. Chucks. I'm sure somebody did and they'll probably still lose to one of them. Probably Illinois. (laughs) (laughs) Um, right. well that's all for that. While we do projected standings, um Gibble, what do you think? Uh, don't ask at all. I need to go through like where you think everyone's going to finish. You can if you want. I at least want to know what you think the Big Ten championship game is going to look like and who's going to win. I think. And just give me the fucking obvious. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's really no uh, no shine away from it. I think Ohio State's going to be there. Um, I think they're just going to edge out uh, Michigan. Um, I think they're going to play against Nebraska. So, but I think Ohio State's going to lose to Nebraska in the regular season because we're there. Uh, so it's just going to be a revenge game. So we're not going to go to the Big Ten Championship game this year. No, just that we are. No, that's no, no. Our, Physically, you and I are oh, not no, going to go no, to we, the Big Ten Championship. Well, see, that's how it works. We, we don't go there, and then they absolutely wipe the floor with whoever they play. So we are going to murder Nebraska in a revenge game in the same season. So I think that's how it's going to shake out. I think Michigan and Ohio State both go 10-2 this year, but Ohio State will beat Michigan, which will be the tiebreaker. And once again, the Big Ten will not go to the playoff again because Nebraska will not be 11-1 at that point. So once again, the Big Ten will be sitting home during the playoff, and the SEC will probably get three teams in, and Ohio State will beat Nebraska in the Big Ten championship game. It'll be interesting to see. Um, I mean, talking about the playoffs, I mean – I think they have a shot because I don't think Notre Dame runs the table again this year. Um, 
I haven't looked at their schedule. I know they have a lot of like cream puffs on that schedule this year, I think. Um, so I think that takes one of them out. Clemson will probably be in. Alabama will probably be in. Georgia Maybe and LSU. Georgia gets in. Uh, I mean, Oklahoma, obviously. Fighting Joe Burroughs. If Jalen Hurd can. Uh, Jalen Hurts. Um, can at least play like 90% of what Kyler and Baker were playing down there in Oklahoma. Like, they'd have a good chance of getting back in. I think it's open. Um, I think they have a better shot than the Pac-12 of getting in. Um, I have Michigan winning the East uh, and playing Nebraska. Michigan winning, and I think Michigan gets the four seed in the playoffs um, and then gets shit-canned by either Clemson <laughs> or Alabama. Uh, I would be okay with that. That's as, fair. as per usual, for whoever gets to play them, I'd... Think they're. Uh, I think it's a, a very. Game. I think it's a very good team. I just the talent level between Bama and Clemson and everyone else is just there's notches and and Michigan's and Ohio State's of the world are below them just a little bit um, from where those other two are. But getting into the playoffs is is huge. I mean that's what you want to be regardless of how you win or lose that first game. Um, I have, you know, Michigan, Ohio State, Michigan State, Penn State, Maryland, Indiana, and Rutgers in that order in the east. And in the west, I have Nebraska, Wisconsin, Iowa, Purdue, Northwestern, Minnesota, Illinois. I think Michigan, Ohio State, Michigan State, Penn State, Nebraska, Wisconsin, Iowa, Purdue, Northwestern will all make bowl games. Um, Those nine... Maryland and Minnesota being maybes. Indiana, probably not. Rutgers and Illinois, no chance in white, blue hell. You think they combined to have six wins? No. <laughs> Maybe why. I, I think they combined to win five. Illinois just, I mean, they're still recovering. Like, they have so, like, such a small roster. They're still recovering from a lot of that. And Rutgers just isn't very good at all. So I can't imagine them combining for six. I think Illinois maybe wins three games. Rutgers, two maybe. Uh, probably get to five. Um, in Indiana, probably four, four to five wins, if I had to guess. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of where I see the projected standings for the Big Ten. Uh, what kind of key games we got here? Um, obviously, Ohio State, Nebraska. Ohio State taking the L, probably fifty-five to twenty, if I had to guess. That sounds about right. Sounds about right. <laughs> so, something in that range. Something in that range. Even after the third quarter. Good. Glad we all got. <laughs> glad we got that one out of the way. A few other ones, I, there's a lot more I kind of want to write down, but Michigan at Penn State, that's going to be a big one. Um, that triad of teams always competing out for that sub subdivision there in the East. Uh, and the home team obviously winning the last three. I think that's going to be a big one for Penn State, uh, as well as Michigan, because that can make or break the season. Um, the next week, Michigan has Notre Dame coming to town. So maybe that also is a look ahead in the prior week against Penn State. Uh, Wisconsin at Nebraska, November 16th, which I think is going to be the game that decides the West in the Big Ten. And Ohio State at Michigan, November 30th. Obviously, the big game and will likely decide the East. So late November there, uh, some, some big games. Maryland, uh, Syracuse, that's early in the season because Syracuse, you'll kind of, I guess, get an idea of how they're going to be because they play Clemson the very next week. So 
that could be a test because it's not a team they can look past. Also, uh, they go to Temple. Spooky for sure because Temple beat them last year. So Maryland goes up to Philly this year. Uh, forgot about that. Michigan and Army, that is going to be a game that is going to be tough because not too many teams can really defend the triple option too well. Uh, I think that game is going to be a very, very close. Um, that's going to be an upset alert game for Michigan for sure. Uh, those are my main ones that I have. I mean, Penn State, Ohio State is always a uh, big game um, just because Ohio State seems to have played down to the Penn State level the last couple of years. Um, but it's at home, so Penn State or Ohio State should home. win. Ohio State's at home this year. Um, it's senior day, too. Senior day should be a big game. Um, hopefully they can pull that one out. Um, I just noticed something. Two yeah. Big Ten teams are playing UConn, so I'm wondering how many teams UConn has scheduled. <laughs> <laughs> because UConn just is going to get their, get wrecked this year, apparently. I mean, they need all that money because they're paying that massive buyout to the American. That's all I got. Oh, uh, <laughs> we thought we were going to say something. Thought else. you thought you were keeping going. No, good radio, Gibble. Thanks. You're welcome. Um, we love the any other key time. games you have, Jake? Uh, switch over to some action. No, I just pulled it up. Uh, UConn plays Illinois and Indiana this year, so not even Rutgers. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> the not. game scheduled the worst one. Well, at least they got the second and third worst one, so I guess that's probably... Yeah, they got, they got you know, a plane for that one. They could drive to Rutgers. True. That's true. UConn football probably can't afford a plane at this point. I mean, I just can't imagine uh, them being all that good. Um, so let's get into action. Probably not going to be on this very long. Heisman contenders, I have LL Nah, fam. Uh, <laughs> Can't envision anyone from the Mac even getting. If I go on Twitter and see any Mac player with Heisman behind his name, I'm getting off the internet for the week. <laughs> like, I don't see it. To be honest with you, I don't even have any talking points. Um, do you guys have any Heisman contenders in the Mac? The only standout name is Nathan Rourke for Ohio, but. That's just not, a name. That's just a yeah. name. You that's literally just pick like the best player in the conference. Yeah. And you're like, that's it. That's I mean, if he throws for six thousand yards maybe. in one season, he did it in two. He just got to do it in one. Well, he just yeah. <laughs> the returning leader in the MAC had is Jared Dodge, and he had twenty six hundred yards last year. Like I'm pretty Bowling sure. Green. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Dwayne Haskins had like two and a half times that much. I'm pretty sure Kyler Murray had like fifty five hundred total yards last year. That makes sense. So, um, none of these guys really have no a chance. No one actually has a chance, no. Yeah, I mean, it's just not It's not a good enough, you know, conference, I don't think. I mean, all about some weekday action, but... The games are thrilling. <laughs> but in the end... It They're really matter. only thrilling because it's like Tuesday night and it's like nothing else is on TV. And, and somebody scored yeah. 35 points. And it's like, yeah. Western Michigan and Toledo, baby, let's mm. roll, let's... Maction. Those snow games on a Tuesday night. They're great. Maction is like whoever their commissioner is that implemented Tuesday, Wednesday night Maction throughout November. Genius. Just a brilliant move. Like, 
how do we get our game out in front of people? Nothing is on DV Tuesday, Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Like, just nothing exciting. ESPN2, let's sign a deal. <laughs> let's put some football on in the middle of the week. It's the only football on. It, perfect. Um, someone will watch it. Yeah. And that someone is us. I'll be honest. I'm looking through these names, and I don't even recognize most of them. Like, I don't yeah, even I recognize str- them from last year. I, I struggle with that a lot. The Mac or the the Mac has gone downhill in recent years. I mean, they have not been great. Like some of them have some awesome names, but like Elvis Hines, that's an incredible name for the Mac. (laughs) Cornerback, Kent State. Well, do any? (laughs) Well, do any of these names uh, strike any talking points for you for the Mac? Because I got nothing. Jamie's Kimbrough, Kimbrough is the right guard for Central Michigan. Cool name, but I don't know. Central them. Michigan is going to be awful, and they play Miami in like week three or something. <laughs> they also play at Wisconsin too, so that's a lot of yikes. Jim McElwain. Ooh, head coach at Central Michigan. Yes. Oh, there's no sharks in yes, Michigan. Yes, no sharks. <laughs> no. Happy Shark Week, everyone. Shark Jim McElwain is far away from the sharks. He's in Michigan now. I don't Unless think there's any sharks here. in the lake. And he's in the middle of We're Michigan, too. We're going to import some into so the lake for him. It's not like he's, you know, eastern Michigan next to a lake. He's in central Michigan, far away from any sharks. Um, which is good. <laughs> That's definitely <laughs> progress. Um, anyway, projected standings. Uh, again, I don't know a ton. I know Ohio is usually a tad bit better than everyone else in the east. And Toledo is usually a tad bit better than everyone in the West. So I have Ohio versus Toledo with Toledo winning the MAC. <laughs> they played Miami hard like last year or the year before that. And I was like, well, I, that's all I know. So that's my MAC championship <laughs> game. What do you got, Gibble? <laughs> I got Ohio versus Western Michigan. I did my standings based off their unit strength because I also know nothing about the MAC. So I've got Western Michigan winning, former row of the boat. R.I.P. R.I.P. Corey Davis. <laughs> Top 10 NFL draft pick. Perfect. Uh, <laughs> I mean... <laughs> just struggle. Just, I mean, throw like a dartboard. <laughs> and I okay. went to Kent State for you a year, so wrong. Kent State's going to win the East. <laughs> good, pick, um, good pick. I went to a Kent State game. They lost to Akron. <laughs> No, I think they might have beat Akron that time. Did they beat Akron? I think that was the year they were good. I feel like every time I go to a home team game for anything, they lose. Outside of Ohio State versus Army. And then the other one, I'm going to pick Northern Illinois because Temple took Northern Illinois coach. So we're going to have and you Kent know, State. You lose head coach. That we just took a picture there go. once. You're right. We did take a picture on Northern Illinois field, and I have it for proof. We don't need it. <laughs> B, this is all audio. There's no video. No matter <laughs> Oh no, somebody's showing You're right. I'm going to change my pick. We're going to go with Kent State versus Eastern Michigan. There's no chance it's going to be right, but I feel like I have just as good of a shot as anybody else. That's interesting because those are the two teams I have fourth in their respective <laughs> Um A lot of mine are based. Yeah, I mean, Ohio, Toledo, it just feels right. I have Ohio, Buffalo, Miami. Um, not to be confused with the Miami and Florida, this one's in Ohio. Um, Kent State. I know somebody that went to Miami, Ohio. Kent State. There was a murder there once. The <laughs> National Guard. <laughs> there for Bowling Green. I believe that is either Kentucky or Ohio. I don't remember. The Bowling Green Massacre? And 
No. <laughs> what? <laughs> another topic, another day. Oh, oh, and then Akron dead last. Uh, screw Akron. <laughs> they once had a good quarterback named Charlie Fry who sucked in the NFL. That's the most I remember about Akron. forgot Charlie Fry was a person. The Brown- Of course he played for the Browns. Um... <laughs> In the West, I have... The Browns couldn't afford to fly him anywhere, so they just drove him up the road. In the West, uh, otherwise also known as the league with... The directional league of Michigans. Uh, and North Illinois. I have Toledo. Uh, also somewhere in Ohio, like nine out of ten teams in, in the MAC. Uh, Northern Illinois. Western Michigan, not to conf- be confused with Eastern Michigan, who's I have in fourth. Fourth Central. Ball State. Um, not a state. Not Definitely not a state. I don't... That's in Indiana, correct? They play yeah, Indiana so. in Lucas Oil Stadium. How is Ball State playing in that big of a stadium? Like, how are they Who's going to this game? At best, they'll fill the lower bowl. Like, I, that's one I don't understand. And number six, I have Central Michigan. I did look at their schedule. They went 1-11 last year, I believe. Um, yeah, they beat Maine 17-5. to <laughs> Didn't they like they lost to Kansas? That was Kansas' first like road win in like eight years or something. <laughs> yeah, they hosted um, Kansas. Um, they lost to Kansas. They play Miami this year, so I'm just gonna assume they're probably not gonna be very good, regardless of how good you think McElwain is as a head coach. Um, so that's where I stand on the projected standings. Key games. Every all Mac games in November because that's when Mac midweek Maction starts. Tune in every Tuesday and Wednesday night to ESPN two, ESPN plus, whatever the hell other games are on now, um, because those are going to be the only Mac games I probably watch outside of Central Michigan versus Miami. So that's where I stand on key games. Any other key games outside of Indiana versus Ball State in the middle of an NFL stadium for some dumb reason? According to the internet, they tell me Toledo will be good and they play at Kentucky, so that could be interesting because Kentucky did lose... Um, Everyone on defense. And yeah. Benny Snow. So. Snow, yeah! <laughs> Please stop. Never again. We'll get to that on the SEC. Goodness. Uh, I mean, they all play some... Team that's they're just gonna get shit wrecked by. The only one that's of note is uh, Auburn gonna wreck Kent State at home. Woody Barrett returning to Auburn, exactly. former four-star quarterback recruit. Ohio plays at Pittsburgh, so if they are actually good, um, that could be a challenge for for Pitt for sure. Um, they'll be an average Pitt team like usual, probably. Uh, I'd imagine like seven and five, six and six. Nothing, nothing too good. Sneak into a bowl game. Uh, if the ACC Coastal is just a mess like it was last year, maybe they sneak into the title game again and get shit wrecked by Syracuse or Clemson. Um, Buffalo plays Temple just because they play Temple. Buffalo lost Tyree Jackson. Uh, they lost KJ Osborne, grab transfer left for Miami. Um, they lost, I think, their other number one wide receiver too. So I don't think Buffalo is going to be very good this year either. Um, but if Probably still make a bowl game if I had to guess. Anyway, that's all I got from action. Anything else you guys got? Nothing else on action. Yeah, didn't think so. Maction. Midweek Maction, baby. Thanks, Can't intern wait. Gibble. <laughs> Thanks to our intern Gibble. He is an intern because we are not paying him anything. Neither um, are you guys being paid. But he's so. also actually. If we ever do, we're not paying. He's the worst intern because he's not doing anything. Like. No, we shouldn't make him give him research projects. Perfect. 
Well, we did during the episode, I guess. Um, so what? Next week, I think we're doing Big 12 and Conference USA, um, followed by Pac-12, Mountain West, SEC, Sunbelt, which can be vastly different conferences if they tried. Um, and Notre Dame preview in one of those. And yeah, we'll throw Notre Dame and Army and BYU in there somewhere. We did forget to do Independence, which we probably should have done in the last one. Probably do it on the SEC one. If you thought we didn't have a whole lot to say about Maction, I can't wait for you guys to hear our Sun Belt breakdown. <laughs> I Troy probably winning it again for the 10,000th time or App State. Um, so look forward to those. And then once we're finished, season will start. Um, and we'll do, you know, breakdowns of prior games. We're going to do a little Peckham game. And I think the winner, depending on... Um, how broke we are if White Claw doesn't sponsor the pod. Uh, maybe somebody at the end of the Pick'em thing wins an old oaken bucket or uh, <laughs> what is the the old brown jug or whatever. We just have to find the worst trophy. Uh, I found, in short, I found a website that makes replica Big Ten rivalry trophies. I'm waiting the for turtle. them to get all of the all of them. Ooh, the Illabuck. I saw that on there. Wait, so, why don't we do the civil conflict? It's the last year of the civil conflict. They don't make it. They don't make it. The civil conflict's gone. It's no longer. <laughs> it's one more year. UCF didn't care about it. They dumped it in the trash, and it went when UConn's head coach that created it got fired after like the second season. So, civil conflict. Good old Bob Diaco. <laughs> can't wait until they. I read a college football history book that has the civil conflict in there and it's one page and it's just like <laughs> the team that always won didn't give a shit like <laughs> they'll have the trophy on the field <laughs> why bother like what I don't know what's like more worthless that or the, the Illabuck trophy were it's a giant team. turtle well, that's like, a great gi- trophy it's a giant turtle and one team wins that game every year for the last <laughs> thousand years. Like, I mean, that's kind of how like the uh, Oklahoma Oklahoma State rivalry is. If you ever look at it, it's like eighty to twelve. Yeah, but at least those games are entertaining. Like the last, I You'd scored two hundred points in a game. The that's last great. like Illinois Ohio State game that I was really interested in was like when Juice Williams was the quarterback, and that felt like sixteen years ago or whatever. Wait, don't like Iowa and Nebraska play for like a pig or something like that? Um, I think. Uh, like the Porker Awards. <laughs> I'm really curious about this now because I think that's what we should be playing for. We really should. I mean, I'm trying to. Oh, the Paul Bunyan. Paul Bunyan. Just get an axe. We can <laughs> yeah. hit give it with an axe. Oh, please no. Uh, uh, oh, the Floyd of Rosedale. That's what it is. Is that what it's called? It has such a nice name, and then you look at it as a picture <laughs> yeah. of it. It's only it, a snap. It is. Not beautiful. Um, the five dollar bits of broken chair trophy. Man, I that we need more focus on rivalry trophies in college football. Those things are great. There's some really good ones out there, and they're just so random things. Like yeah, the Florida. This Rose is literally thing. just a broken chair, like a gold broken chair on a platform. I mean, the Paul Bunyan's axes. I mean, some of the... I want to get all of these just to decorate an apartment with, like... Let's just throw them at Gibble's house. What he is anything else random... What is this pig? Oh, that is the Floyd of Rosedale trophy. Um, Ooh, I found one. It's the Heartland trophy. Floyd of Rosedale, established in 1935, Iowa versus Minnesota. There is a jeweled chalet. Ah, uh, USC and Notre Dame. Is this I think that's what we need. I think this is Iowa and Wisconsin have this one. Yeah. Um, Iowa and Wisconsin play for a pig. Iowa State and Missouri play for a telephone. 
like a cell phone or like no, a Nokia like phone? A, an old rotary phone. See, I'd rather than play for like a Nokia because that <laughs> thing's still going to work in a hundred years. I mean, so is that thing. All right. Oh, no. Uh, Fremont Cannon, we need 